that we serve. Why didn't you just clap those hands in appreciation for all that he is to us? The Bible calls him the captain of our salvation, the lifter up of our head, the one that stands by us, the one that is faithful to the end, the one that says, no matter what, I will never leave nor forsake you, that you may be strong to say, the Lord is my helper, of whom and of what shall I be afraid? We ascribe glory, we ascribe honor, we ascribe power, majesty, and dominion unto him. If we had to choose again, Lord Jesus, we would choose you. We want to thank you for going to the cross. We want to thank you for staying on the cross. That on the third day you arose. That we who were enemies of the cross of Jesus may now be called the sons of God. We bless the name of the Lord by the power of resurrection that is available in this, in this season. It will not pass any one of us by in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You said it is finished on the cross. You say it is finished. Everything that's contrary to our destiny, it is finished. Everything that's contrary to our well-being, it is finished. And everything that's good concerning us, that the Lord has, has prescribed concerning us, it is finished because we'll be the partakers of every good thing that the Lord has in store for his children. We worship you today. We will not thank you because you will do wonderful things with us this evening i pray that somebody will receive a, a word of light that will light your path no more darkness you will receive insight that you'll be able to access greatness to the glory of god father let it be so concerning every one of us we give you our praise we give you our worship blessed be the name of the lord from everlasting to everlasting we say jesus is lord can somebody say amen i said can somebody say amen if you know that there's something called resurrection power, can you clap those hands and just appreciate the Lord for his resurrection power? Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't be small. Hallelujah. I just want to welcome everyone to church, especially those that are watching from wherever you are on your tablets, on your phone, on your device, on your laptop. Help me make them feel welcome. They're just not able to be here physically. We're praying that the Lord will reach you with every blessing that is moving around in the house of God today in Jesus' name. Amen. But let me say something that much as online church is unavoidable sometimes, and virtual worship, we will try and deal with it, but nobody wants to go to a virtual heaven. Hello, somebody. If you settle for virtual worship, you may have to settle for virtual heaven. You know what that means? You don't know what virtual heaven means. Okay, do you know what audio promise means? That's what virtual heaven is. None of us will get virtual heaven in Jesus' name. All right. How has the week been? Coming straight from the season of resurrection. My prayer is right after resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, things will not go downward for us. By the power of resurrection, we'll be lifted high in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of amen is that? What kind of amen is that? The power of resurrection raised Jesus up to be seated on the right hand of majesty, which means resurrection weekend should birth promotion. 
I'm going to say that prayer again and I know your attitude is going to be different coming from the resurrection weekend. May we not go downwards in the name of the Lord Jesus. As, G as God raised Jesus with the resurrection power, we will be raised up and be promoted and um, move into greatness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your amen sound like you mean business. Amen. Let me tell you, Resurrection Weekend, the sweet meal. Can I tell you why? I have been receiving some lifting. Eh. Ah, you don't know that. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. It was just coming. Bam, 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 bam. So, ah, resurrection. Resurrection power. You will receive resurrection power too in Jesus' name. Pastor Steve. You're suddenly looking at me. He was wondering, ah, where did he hide it? I mind your business. This is between me and the Lord. You will receive your own too in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, the thing is this. The weekend was powerful. Did you see the children's presentation on Sunday? What kind of clapping is that? The children were awesome. Okay, did you see the teenager's presentation on Sunday? World class. Glory to God. What a wonderful church this is. Father, we're so grateful. And uh, yeah, um, no, that was Monday, that, not yesterday. We had our family and friends we, uh, movie evening and that was a blast. Praise God. If you didn't come, Satan cheated you. Correct. But there may be a second time. Amen. Now, after the resurrection weekend, the tendency is that people drop their guard. You, you just watch. You just see people are not coming to church. People are not praying. It's always a dive, but it's supposed to be an upward thing, the resurrection season. Your worship, your praise, and then your experiences should go up. Once it is resurrection Sunday, watch after Monday, everybody just, you have to be guarded. You have to pronounce the power of resurrection. You have to claim it. You have to expect it. I'm going to say that prayer one more time. None of us is going down. We're going up by the resurrection power. Nobody's finance is going down. Nobody's joy. Nobody's health is going down. The Lord will lift us up the way he lifted Jesus high. So shall it be in Jesus' name. And another thing is this, after the interesting and powerful and exciting and very pulsating spiritual weekend, where are you at after that powerful weekend? And those online, I want to ask you the question too, where are you at? Don't let the enemy make you feel, okay, after all that, you can go back to normal, normal. There's been a lift. There's been a push. You need to stay in that wind. The wind of God will take us higher and better in Jesus' mighty name. Today, I'm going to introduce a subject that we're going to discuss because it's an interactive Bible study. And that subject has to do with what God expects us to be. Let me ask you, was the death and resurrection of Jesus, was it a joke? 
I said, was it a joke? So after that, what does the Lord expect? He's reminding you and I, at Easter, what it took him to save you. It's a reminder. And we had a blast of a weekend. So what should happen hereafter? The sad thing is for most people, most churches, there's always a quiet, a decline, and everything is almost colorless. If it has been, you have to make up your mind that this Easter, post-Easter season, it is not going to be so with me in Jesus' name. What is the point of all the excitement? What is the point of the reminder of what it, what it took for him to save you if immediately after that, instead of galvanizing you into, ha, huh, is it this weekend we're having um, evangelism? Is this weekend. Now, if right after Resurrection Sunday and Monday, they announce evangelism and nobody shows up, you know what it means? The devil is laughing. He's laughing. It's, it doesn't matter. Just be a little vigilant. You see, most people are on the decline. It's a work of Satan. It will not be so in grace assembly in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask, so what it is I want us to discuss is what does the Lord expect from us after granting us an experience of what it took for us to be saved by the demonstration of the resurrection power, what does he expect? May that which the Lord expects concerning you not be defeated in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know what you expect of the Lord. You know what happens? Most of us, when it's our birthday, how do we pray? Father, Lord, hallelujah, today is my birthday. You call yourself my father. Now bless me with a father kind of, come on now, blessing. Is that not? Don't you have an expectation? So the Lord must fulfill that. The Lord is showing you that love <laughs> is not shaped like a heart. Real love is shaped like the cross, sacrifice. So what should he expect? And if whatever he expects is not important to you, what was the exercise of the Easter weekend all about? Was it just entertainment? That will not be the case in my own life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask Multimedia to please play a video that will be a blessing. And after that, we're going to go into discussions. The man ends the story of Leonardo da Vinci, one of the greatest ever uh, uh, painters and philosophers. One, this is possibly the most impactful experience da Vinci had. This man who ran the commentary said, we should understand there's the worst version of ourselves and the best version of ourselves. Now, I'm quite sure everybody here is a Christian. So, we're not talking about the worst version of you as a sinner. We're talking about the worst version of you as a child of God. And the best version of you as a child of God. Or is there anyone here who is not a child of God? 
Okay, let me see your hand up if you're a child of God. Just wave, say to the angels that I'm not amongst them. I dare here. Uh-huh. Okay, so as you are a child of God, there is the best version of you, which Easter is supposed to provoke. And the worst version of you is still there, may have been the case before Easter. Why would Easter weekend come and there'll be no change? There should be a swapping of personalities from how you used to be to how you ought to be. Am I making some sense? Now, I'm going to use two words to describe the poorer version of yourself and the better version of yourself. And the two words will be Christian and disciple. How many of you know that there are many Christians everywhere? How many of you know that there are not many disciples? Okay, let's do this this way. How many of you agree that there are many Christians all over the place? You know, anybody that goes to church is a what? Christian. Okay. Out of the Christians, how many of you know that there are few disciples? So what is the difference? What the difference is, the Christian is the poorer version of the child of God. The disciple is the better version of the child of God. The man that was painted first time around, he looked like Jesus. He probably, out of the abundance of his heart, everything around him glowed like Jesus. So the better, same person, in that painting of the Last Supper, I have one in my dining room, is the same person that was painted Judas and the same person. So when he was the better version of himself, come on now, he looked like Jesus. When he was the worst side of himself, he looked like Judas. And Leonardo da Vinci, who is a painter, he looks and interprets the contours and the structure of the face of the being, which he captures, that's what makes him exceptional. He could not recognize that it was the same man. Hello, somebody. Do you know we all have the capacity to be the poorer version of ourselves and the better version of ourselves. Easter will have been in vain in your life if you don't transit to the better you, but that will not be our portion in Jesus' mighty name. Now, you ask me why I would say, I'll use the word Christian as a poorer version of the child of God and disciple. Let me read the scripture to you, and we're going to talk. Matthew 28, I read verses 19 to 20, um, from the New King James Version, you can bring that up. Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, go therefore and make disciples. Let's read together. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Can I hear amen? Okay, so this is Jesus speaking, that the resurrection, the death and resurrection, is about making of disciples. That's what he said we should be. That's the better version as far as heaven is concerned. But in Acts 11, 
Let me read verses 25 to 26, the same New King James Version. Acts 11, 25 to 26, New King James Version says, Then Barnabas departed from Tarsus to seek Saul, 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. One is who you should be. The other is what you are called. Jesus said, go and make them to be disciples as, as a matter of who they are. But the world coined the name Christians in Antioch. Now, what the world called them is superficial. What you're called is not necessarily who you are. Hello? Okay, are you what your, are you what, are you your clothes? I said, are you your clothes? You will remove your clothes and you're still the same person. And you can change your clothes tomorrow. So, so what you're called is like the clothes you're wearing. <laughs> what you are is who you are. It is who you are that heaven is concerned about, not what you're called. So Antioch nicknamed them Christians. And a lot of people stood there. As long as they call me a Christian, it's fine. As long as wear the clothes, it's fine. The clothes does not determine the person. Because I have seen monkeys wearing good clothes. Hello. So what you are called does not impress the Lord. The Bible says they were called Christians in Antioch. And who were the people that were called Christians? Let's read the last line starting from the word and. And the disciples, that is who they were, were called Christians. It could have been the baboons were called Christians. So you can call anything you want to call it. It doesn't change who or the essence of that being. After Easter, are we still going to be playing the game of what we're called? <laughs> After you saw what it cost Jesus to go to the cross, and you saw the greatest demonstration of God's power from eternity past to eternity future, which is the raising of Jesus Christ because of you. Are we still going to be satisfied that we're called this? Can I interest you? The world has so crept into the church now that we are also very interested in what we're called and we think it doesn't matter what we're at as long as we're called the right thing. Now, Christianity, as in being a follower of Christ, is all about who you are and not about what you are called. Can somebody 
tell me, what's the difference between what you're called and what you are? And how many people do you know that what you're called them, they are exactly what you call them? What is the percentage of people that what they project, what they want you to see is who they are? What is the percentage? Pastor Collins, you're shaking your head. Bring it out, bring it out, bring it out. What's the percentage? Take a wild guess. 40%? 30%? Give him the microphone now. What are you doing? Thinking maybe 25 or 20%. About 25 or 20% of people are what they choose to be called. And it's the same thing in the church. What you are called may not necessarily point to who you are. What you're called is superficial. And so we're talking about superficial Christianity. And even if that was the game before, after Easter, should we not reconsider? That's a question. Should we not reconsider? When you saw what it cost for you to be a child of God. Christianity is all about who you are. And that's why Jesus said, making them disciples. He didn't say calling them Christians. Making them into disciples. Actually, the right tense is making them into disciples. Transforming them, reshaping them to become something, not just to look like something or just be called something. So Christianity is all about who you are and not about what you are called. How many... Let me, let me throw a quiz here. Anybody that gets it is going to get a present from me. How many times do you think the word Christian appears in the whole of the Bible? I won't ask you. You're a pastor. Uh, Somebody is about to go into my pocket, eh? Oh, yeah. Give it to her. How many times do you think the word Christian appears in the Bible? Good evening, sir. I think it's only once that it appears. Why, why do you say that? Only this okay, how many people agree that it's only once? Okay, how many people think it's more than one? Some people are not even voting in any way. <laughs> I neck, I neck, I neck. It's the same thing. Nigerians don't vote. What in, what in do you Let's do it again. How many people agree there is only once? You see some people, their hand is on that. They're checking, they're checking the Bible quickly. And they're checking their app. Stop it. Answer the question. How many people think it's more than once? Even if it's two times or three times, put up your hand. How many? Pastor Steve, who won? Okay, more people think that it's mentioned more than once. Pastor Steve, how many times do you think it was mentioned? Eh, can you give us the examples? Um, the exact location in the scripture is not... But coincidentally, I was studying this couple of days back, and I saw the number of times Christians was mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to an audio tape. It said three times was Christian mentioned in the Bible. Which version of the Bible is that? <laughs> I would presume it's New King James Version. Well, I want to announce to you that in the New King James Version, the word Christian appears only once. 
Only once. And it was not the Lord that spoke it. It was not even Christians that spoke it. It was the residents of Antioch. They were not part of the church. They just decided to group them and call them Christians. But Jesus said, preach the gospel to them, making them to become disciples. Let me now ask a question. How many times? Yes, sir. And who is the person that got it? You see me after. You see, Pastor Collins wants to share. I don't want him to know. <laughs> Can you help me clap for Iradi? Thank you, dear. Thank you. Now, how many times do you think the word disciple, disciples appear in the Bible? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. The second one was, the third one is 1 Peter 4, 16. Eh, yes, in sir. the New King James Version. <laughs> yes, sir. In my own King, New King James Version, it appeared once. Okay, so short. Okay, if anyone suffers as a Christian, oh, Pastor Steve, Ekpate, day. So, who gets the prize now? He doesn't need it, he's a pastor. <laughs> Help me clap for both of them. Thank you so much. Yeah, I remember this one now. But I just did a search and the word Christian came up only once. So the search must have been wrong. But I remember this clearly. What's the other time? Apart from this one. Okay, now, how many times do you think, in contrast to three times that the word Christian appears, do you think the word disciples appear in the New Testament? Ah, why you? She said many. How many times? Okay, many times, but that's not quite the answer. Do you think 20 times? 50 times? 40 times? 60 times? Just say higher or lower. 50 times? 60 times? 80 times? Lower, 90 times, 100 times. Dora, you have checked this thing. I suspect you. I see her phone in her hand. See her phone. Can I interest you? As opposed to the three times the word Christian appears, the word disciples appears 281 times. 281 times. If the Bible mentions something 281 times and you go and stay in the one that it mentioned three times, you get the result. It's so important the word came up 281 times. After Easter, should we not begin to move into becoming disciples? Have you heard this saying today, particularly when you go on uh, evangelism, a lot of people tell you, I'm a Christian. Do you know what it, I hear today? That everybody goes to church. Then why is Nigeria like this? It is proven the 80-20 principle that it takes only 20% of anything to make that thing work. So if we had 20% disciples in Nigeria, Nigeria would be 
like another heaven. It's the 80-20 principle. It takes only 20% of anything to make it work well. So if we hear in Nigeria that everybody's a Christian in Nigeria, maybe it's true. I wish that everybody was a disciple. Our situation will have been better. Help me look at your neighbor very well. Hmm. You look like a disciple. But I wonder whether you're just a Christian. Look at somebody for me again. Mm. You they speak in tongues like a disciple. But who knows whether you're just a Christian. Let me ask you, if you did business with a disciple, will you have to worry about your money? Will you have to worry about the quality of product? Hmm? How many believers have you done business with? That you have a good testimony. What is the percentage? One percent. <laughs> I hope I'm that one percent. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. What is the percentage of believers you've done business with that you're happy about? If you did Christian, if you did a, a business with me on the basis that you feel I'm a child of God and you come out of it regretting, what does that show me to be? A disciple or just a Christian? You know, I can't take the tag Christian away from anybody. If you say you're a Christian, Mugba. But if you say you're a disciple, let me check your fruits. Because by their fruit, you shall know them. Not by the title. That's a good place for you to clap. It is by their fruits. You shall know them. And if we come out of Easter and we don't talk about this, I always thought that love that saves life looks like a heart shape. Nalai, the love that brings salvation and changes our life is a cross. And after that cross, how come it can change your personality from how you used to be to the new and better version? Again, I remind you of the story in the video. It was the same man, Leonardo da Vinci, painted as Jesus Christ when he was being a disciple that when he saw him 11 years later, he picked him like somebody who looked like Judas and had no doubts at all. Until the man knowing how far he has fallen, began to weep. Leonardo da Vinci said, why are you weeping? Am I upsetting? He said, no. He said, you mean don't remember me? You cannot recognize me? Hmm. You can change so much and you don't know. May angels not even not recognize us. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. He was now painted as Judas. Every time you see that painting of the Last Supper, learn this lesson. It, it's not even about being a disciple before. Are you still a disciple? The path of the just should be like the shining light that shined brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Paul says, some started with us, but they're not here anymore. 
if they were if they belong to us they will have still been here what what characterizes a disciple somebody help me we know that the name Christian is just a name. It's an appellation. It's a nomenclature. It's whatever they call you. It's a nickname. That's fine. But what characterizes the disciple in your own experience? How can you tell? Everybody has a tag called Christian. How can you pick out the disciple? Somebody. Anything that comes to your mind. What? Your zeal. Their zeal for what? Towards the work of God. Can you clap for this man? So, Daniel, people who say they're children of God, they come to church, they're looking at their watch. Before you say, Jack, they've entered their car. They don't know nothing about nothing and they don't care. Do they have zeal? Is it likely that that kind of person becomes a disciple? No. One of the marks of a disciple is the zeal of the house and the things of the Lord must consume me. Jesus said, I am going about my father's business. When the mother was saying, this is, mm -mm, I'm going about my father's business. The people that are disciples are not self-absorbed. They are not self-centered. It's not all about them. Their life is facing the cross of Jesus. In season and out of season. Can you clap for Daniel one more time? What else characterizes a disciple? We're talking about post-resurrection Sunday. This is a kind of talk we should be having. Not getting into some mindless excitement. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, dear. I think character of a disciple should be one with empathy. Empathy. Wow. Can you help me clap for her? Empathy talks about being sensitive to others. The Bible says, bear each other's burdens and so you fulfill the law of Christ. So when you lack empathy, when you don't care, say, I beg, I beg, I beg. You go to church, you carry your Bible, enter your car, zip, you don't want to know anything. Yes, you'll be a Christian, but we don't know whether you're a disciple. Hello there. Bible says Jesus went about doing good, healing all manner of sicknesses, visiting widows and so on like that. You cannot be so self-centered and be a disciple. As a matter of fact, another word for disciple is selfless. Clap for me too at this point in time. Excuse me, wave your hands back to me. Excuse me, I'm calling, wave your hands back to me. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. How many selfless people do you know? That call themselves Christian. What is the percentage of Christians you know that are selfless? Give me a percentage. Over there, are you with us? Oh, yeah, talk now. What is the percentage? You said 10. You said 1. Maybe 15%. Oh, you're very generous. Help me clap for her. That's empathy there. That's empathy. 15%. So what happened to the 85%? Ambassador, what happened? They're what? They're Christians. <laughs> Please help me clap for him. <laughs> you know what's going to happen in church now? When somebody behaves poorly, 
rude, unkind, no empathy. You don't abuse a person and say, oh, he's just a Christian. <laughs> okay, let's hear Pastor K. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, um, I think the first word that came to my mind was sacrifice. Okay. But explain it. I mean, told them that he who leaves his father and his mother to follow me. So that means you must be ready to sacrifice, sacrifice a lot of things. As a matter of fact, Pastor okay, that scripture says, he who is not ready to leave his mother and follow me cannot be my disciple. You know what my mother and my father and my brother and my sister represent? The things that are dear to you. To be a disciple is to be disciplined. The word disciple is coined from the word discipline. How many of you will allow us to discipline you? That's a tough one now. How many of you will allow us to discipline you? You know, when it says, go preach the gospel, making disciples of all of them, you cannot become a disciple unless you are disciplined. A disciple is a soldier for Christ. Soldiers march at the command that they're given. Nobody becomes a soldier, come on now, without going through discipline. The academy is the academy of what? Discipline. If you don't graduate, you cannot wear that uniform. What is it that today in church, we have to pander to the whim and the excesses of people? We can't discipline people. They get upset and they go to another church. Any church that would never tell them this is wrong, you can't do this, that's a comfortable place. Can I tell you something? They say, Plantain, they spoil. You say they ripe. Wahala <laughs> deal. Once, Bible says, those whom he loves, come on now, he chastens or disciplines. When the Lord leaves you alone to run your show, aha. Yes, and you are going to get lost. When God stops disciplining you to say, that's what you did is wrong. And you miss his presence. He lifts from you and he moves back from you. And you're feeling like God is not close to me anymore. It's discipline for, to correct you. Now, if after a while you refuse to be corrected, he just leaves you. That's not freedom. There's sometimes people leave you. That's not freedom. It means that you're heading for a cliff. May the Lord help us to return to good order in Jesus' name. So what else characterizes a disciple? Yes. Look. What's your name again? Emmanuel. You are the one that sat down there one day I prayed for you. I'm waiting to see the manifestation of that prayer. Emmanuel, something they share. Don't mind them. Uh -huh. so I guess your attributes are your determination to focus more on God. Ooh. Determination to focus I like the word more on God. You know, Christianity is more and more. You know why it's more and more? The manner of yesterday cannot work for today. Last year's resurrection level is not what God expects you at this level. You have to step up your game. 
You know what disciples do? They don't stay on a spot. You push the boundary forward. We're marching on. We're not stopping. No, 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 no withdrawal. No, how do you say that thing? No surrender. No retreat, no surrender. You just keep moving until Jesus comes. You know, people may not like you when you're a disciple, but they respect you. You know, they're always thinking he will soon stop. You know, when people see you go for evangelism, he will soon tire. When they see you, take care of the poor, don't mind him. We've seen them before. And a lot of people became like that. The man that was painted, Judas, was not like that before. Something happened. Just because somebody broke your heart doesn't mean you should become just a Christian. Some people used to be in the choir. They're not in the choir anymore. They had a problem with somebody in the choir. Listen, anybody can find an excuse not to continue in well-doing. The Bible says you must continue in well-doing. Somebody else. What else characterizes it? Yeah, Lydia. So I feel um, the ability and willingness to serve characterizes a disciple. Only a few disciples are clapping here. The Christians are just looking at me. The willingness and the dedication to serve. I noticed you were the only one here today. You could have said, I'm not the music director. I'm not the HOD of choir. Waiting be my own. If no one comes, I'm just a small girl. You sit down. Let me warn you about something. When it comes to the things of God, it is when others fail that you should rise to the occasion. That is when God is looking for who will stand in the gap. Who will I send? Who can I count on? And that's why some people will quote and say, if I'm not the pastor, if I'm not the head judge, waiting be my own. That is the language of mere Christians, not disciples. I remember one scripture that described people as mere men. Ah, that's a big insult. Nothing more than your physical self. Nothing to you. I want to read something to you. I say Jesus, um, disciples characterize Jesus. Which means if you're looking for Jesus, when you see them, you recognize Jesus in them. That's what happened to that man the first time he was painted as Jesus. He was living the life. And so from his pores of his skin, from his hair, everything about him was speaking something in alignment with Christ. He was seen as Christ represented. What do people see when they look at you? You know, some people say, mm, I don't care. It's one of the daftest things anybody can say. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Oh, really? It's somebody that's going to approve you. It's somebody that's going to sign your paper. It is somebody that is going to be the one that will... Paul said, the things I say about you are important. And now that I'm not around, I know you will do better things than that. And I will testify before God about you. 
Don't say that. It's the height of foolishness. You cannot write your own testimonial. You cannot sign your own certificate. It's not possible. Say, so I don't care. Who are you that you don't care? Huh? Just like that, I don't care. You don't care. <laughs> you know? Okay, so disciples characterize Christ. Disciples are ardent followers. They're not followers just when it's easy. They stay connected. They are ardent followers who are becoming more and more like Jesus. It's a more and more walk. Listen, a Christian can determine this is how far I want to go with the Lord. Haven't you met people before? They say, no, 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 no. This is how I want my own Christianity to be. Really? When the light of the just is like the shiny light, you say, this is it. For the next 40 years, don't talk to me about it. Whatever is not growing is dying. The word backsliding does not mean you're backsliding. It says, he that is not gathering is scattering. And it says, he who is not actively for me is already against me. That's why a Jesus lookalike became a Judas lookalike. He stopped gathering. Disciples keep gathering. Question is, what are you gathering? It's Resurrection Sunday. You looked like a disciple. Resurrection Monday, mm, you start looking like a Christian. One month later, God knows what we're going to have. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. How many of you know that Jesus was interested in who he was? He didn't assume that just being the son of God, there was times that his language betrayed the fact that his identity had to be sacrosanct. Um, Matthew 16, verse 13, the Bible says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, say, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? He didn't say, who do men say I am? Who do men say I, the son of man, am? Which means no matter what I go through, I cannot be anything less than the son of man. When they harassed him, this and that, it says, my meat is to do my father's will and to finish the work that he gave me. I'm not interested in the party. It's good that there's a party, but anything that stops me from doing the will of my father has to go. Who do men say I am? A lot of us just want, who do men call me? How do they see me? It's not a question of how am I? So far, how far? Another Easter has come and gone. Can I tell you something? Life should be a countdown. So when you talk about your age, I can't say, I shouldn't be saying I'm 61 years old. That when the Bible says in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When you celebrate your birthday, counting how many years you spent, you will never have any sense. You will go to party, you shout, you sleep. You will not change. You remain a Christian, never a disciple. But when you count, for instance, if I'm supposed to live to be 90, that means I have exactly 28 and a half years left. So when it's my birthday, I should say 28 and a half years. Will your attitude not change? If I'm supposed to live to be 70, that means I have eight and a half years. Will my attitude not change? 
Disciples number their days. And trust me, the number of days that's allotted to any one of us is not according to who is oldest, who is youngest. Nobody knows. A real disciple makes use of every opportunity. The Bible says, as you have opportunity, do good. Today is an opportunity to worship. Do good. Don't make an excuse. You don't even know how many Wednesdays you have left. You know what the Bible says? It says, don't be a fool. Don't say, today I will do this, tomorrow I will do this. Say, if God wills. Disciples know that you give an account for every day that you leave. You give an account for every opportunity you have. You give an account of how many times God told you to repent and you didn't repent. How many times did God tell you to forgive somebody you didn't forgive? You are going to give an account. Disciples are conscious. God, the Bible says, the books were opened. What will be written? You need a pastor like me that will tell you Easter has come and gone. What have you learned? What have you changed? When I saw this video, I quickly sent it to my good friend, Minister Ope. Can you help me celebrate him? He's always up there, in, in and out of season. He's not thinking, why are you better than me? You sit here, you, you enjoy this, you see the pastor. He's always in that little room there. Big boy in Cadbury. Boy, when it comes to God, he's just a quiet disciple. He gets some people, they can't even work in a caretaker's shop. Now, so they will booga for church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We can't send them on any errand. You try. You try. Praise God. The world system, I want to warn you, is about how you look. The world system is how you present yourself. I saw a video. It says, how not to take a selfie. No, the thing, when I saw the difference, fear catch me. The same guy. There's posture, there's angle. So the man works so much on the angle of how he's seen, but does not change the inner man. Bible says, though the outward man perish, as long as the inward man is renewed every day. That's a good place for you to clap. The world system is about how you look, as long as you're a Christian. You see me these days, I wear chain, long chain. I want to look like a Christian. <laughs> Some of you like my change. Some of you say, ah, hey, well, hey, hey. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. I don't pass 60 now. I go to wear chain. Get used to it. Praise God. I for wear one today, self. It's just because it's Wednesday. See me on Sunday. You can bring, come and take selfie with me. Praise God. But at least I'm doing the work. <laughs> the people that wear the chain, they don't do the work. <laughs> So the world system is about how you look and what you are called. It's, it's what I call reputation versus character. I remember we had a billboard before. What you gain by reputation, you're going to lose for lack of character. When you're called into Christ, it is your character. The word of God wants to change. 
that we become more and more like. The Bible says, as we behold him with an unveiled face, we are being transformed, come on now, into the same image from glory to glory. You can't move with the Lord and there's no glory on you. I remember somebody came to my house and as I came, I said, ah, how, how do you look like this? I said, how do I look? And the Lord told me, glory. It's glory. It's not cosmetic. It's glory. Even Moses, when he stood in the presence of the Lord, when he came back, they said his face was shining. Don't let the world fool you. Yes, Mia, yeah, you should buy the hair, you wear the makeup, but don't let that be the glory. That can never take the place of glory. And so, disciples spend so much time with God, the glory of the Lord begins to reflect on them. May that be our testimony in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom is about who you are. Even the demons know that. How come what demons know, Christians don't know? The seven sons of Sceva, they looked at them and said, ah, Jesus, I know. Come on now, help me. Paul, I know. Who are you? Not who are you called. They call themselves apostles. They wanted to cast out the demon. So whatever you are called, let me tell you, the spiritual world does not regard what you are called. The spiritual world responds to who you are. If you didn't hear anything I said this evening, please don't try what I try if you are not what I am or who I am. What you are called is just child's play. They call themselves everything. The demons beat them, tore their clothes naked because they were nobody. It didn't matter what they were called or what people called them or what they called themselves. Are you there? So the question is, Post-Easter, shouldn't you work on who you are a lot more than what you look like or what you are called? Let me tell you, when you face a real mountain, the mountain will not respond to what you're called. Mm -mm. The mountain will not respond to what you call yourself. The demons, is, they, he, they caught the attention of the demons. The demons first looked at them and they were impressed. Maybe the demons were there to move. They now said, wait a minute. Just because you look like this, just because they call you this. By the way, who exactly are you? Instantly. What looked like <laughs> a journey to prosperity become a journey to shame. Beat them up, tore their clothes, disgrace them. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Disciples understand that Easter does not talk about only one cross. You know, religion has only spoken about one cross. Watch, watch it. They always talk about the cross of Jesus. They never remind you that you have your own cross. Everything Jesus did, you are supposed to do it. If he carried a cross, baby, you are going to carry your cross. If he died, you are going to die. What? You will die to self. Come on now. You will die to sin. You will die to selfishness and self-centeredness. Otherwise, you can't be like him. 
He says, not my will. Which means I have to kill self-centeredness. But your will be done. After Easter, that should be what churches are talking about. The model has been shown us Friday to Monday. How come immediately after we forget and we go back to how we used to do? I'm going to read Matthew 16 verse 24 from the New King James Version. It says, then Jesus said to who? His disciples. Not to the Christians. He said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me and be my follower or disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. The New Living Translation has a subtitle there. It says, teachings about discipleship. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any one of you wants to be my follower, or that's the word for disciple, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. Hello. That one hit you, didn't it? So the question is this. If you're a Christian, and I want to know whether you're not just a Christian, you're a disciple. You've got to show me your cross. You know what a cross is? What you carry that you don't like, but you know that is part of the journey. You know what Paul said? I have learned to be, to abound and to be abased. In good times, in tough times, Disciples continue their journey. So when you see somebody carrying their cross, it's amazing Christians think because you have a cross, you cannot be a Christian. No, no. Well, they only know Christians. If you question the cross, then you don't understand what you're called to. This is Jesus speaking. If anyone, meaning I don't care from what nation you are, I don't care what title, which bishop you call yourself, which uh, Bible school you went, if anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow him. His cross. Can I plead with everybody, when you see somebody's cross, if you can't help them, leave them alone. If you don't know your cross, maybe you haven't reached the point. Jesus got to a point when he met his cross. Before that time, there was no cross. And trust me, the way you act towards people that are carrying their cross, heaven remembers it when you have to carry your own cross. As you, Bible, do unto others as you have them do unto you. Can I tell the young people something? Don't talk too quickly. You ain't seen nothing yet. Don't criticize your parents. You never even born one child. Hello. And guess what? Whatever you say your, your parents didn't do well, we they look the one way you go do. If anything, hail them, say, ah, mommy, you they try this cross. Let me help you a little bit. Because something tells you that you're going to grow up and there's going to be no cross. You're just going to be sailing. Please, I hope I'm still around. <laughs> so they can come and challenge me when, you, when, when it becomes like that or when you have learned 
to look good, to carry on, put on a smile, wash your face, and keep following the Lord till the day of the Lord. That is what a good soldier does. And to all the good soldiers in the house, I want to salute you. I want to celebrate you today. I want to be like you. And I want to encourage you that we're all going to make it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop there today. I see the children around us. I'm hoping these children will become better disciples than us because you're learning what it takes to start well and to end well. And I also want to pray for those that are carrying crosses. You know, Jesus fell one or two times when he was carrying the cross. Sometimes the cross gets heavy. You fall. Who was the young man that helped him carry the cross? What's his name? Joseph? Simon. No, Simon. The siren or something came to help Jesus. Can I plead with the church? Sometimes you need to help people to bear their cross. Particularly when your just at that point seems lighter. At the end of the day, if Jesus says you cannot be a disciple if you will not carry your cross, your cross may be God spoke to you that when they're going to the prisons, no matter what you must go. So some days you're not even feeling well. That's your cross. You go. Your cross, maybe whenever there's evangelism, it doesn't matter if nobody goes. That's your own cross. You must go. Do you think the people that encourage you are always on top of the world? No. That's their cross. Whether they're happy or not, they come and bless you and encourage you. I don't know what your cross is. I want you to stand and begin to pray. Say, Lord, help me to be a disciple. Help me not to be an impostor. Help me not to be a caricature of who I should be. Coming on the wings of the resurrection, I realize so much of a price has been paid for the life that I have. Help me to start afresh. Come on, pray. Help me. Grant me fresh grace to keep on keeping on. Help me to be more than a Christian. Help me to be a disciple. The word disciple is a noun and is also a verb. To, to be a disciple means you are discipling others. So we want to pray, say, Lord, I must be a tree that bears fruit. The fruit will be the people that I led to Christ and I nurtured them to become disciples. Help me not to be a barren fruit, a barren tree that has no fruit. Pray, say, Lord, not only will I be a disciple, a good tree, let me also disciple others that will be the fruit of my life. And pray, say, Lord, in the times that I have to confront my cross, help me not to turn away and go back to the world. Help me to bear my cross like you and keep following. Because in the end, God is going to come through for me. The test of a disciple is not in how much he enjoys life. It is how he goes through the valley of the shadow of death, fearing no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. Ah, 
Father, that we may continue until we get to the banquet table. Oh, Lord, when you set a table before us in the sight of our enemies, goodness and mercy, blessings and favor and prosperity begin to follow us all the days of our lives. Thank you, Father, for the seasons will come and the seasons will change. In this season of your resurrection, may I be resurrected with Christ. May my faith be resurrected. May my good works be resurrected. May my walk with God be resurrected. May I be like a tree that has been pruned, bringing forth even more fruit to the glory of your name. Thank you, my Father. We bless God for new zeal. We bless God for new anointing. We bless God for multiplied grace that we may shine till the day of Christ. Father, I thank you for everyone. May this prayer work wonders in our lives and may heaven be delighted over us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. What kind of amen? What kind of amen is that? Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you for bearing up to this word. I want to recommend that you stay focused. I want to recommend that you go back to the SoundCloud and listen to this message and don't let anybody pull you back so that you may continue and continue to shine for Christ in Jesus' name.